I wanted to say a couple things this evening before I start. Uh, first of all, I just want to say um, how grateful I am to have Carl and Ryan and Lord willing Luke as partners in the gospel and in pastoring. I just want you to know these guys are men of tremendous integrity um, and a tremendous heart to serve you and to serve Jesus. And I couldn't be prouder of them. I couldn't be more thankful, quite honestly, to have young men like them. They're young in my estimation. They may not think of themselves as young, but they have 30 years ahead of them pastoring. I do not. And so I really thank God that he's been raising up this kind of young men um, who are so devoted to our core values, so devoted to living out an obedient life to the scripture and care so much about you and so willing to sacrifice and lay their lives down for you. Um, one day, I won't be here. And it gives me a tremendous sense of peace and confidence realizing that God's doing such a work in these young men's lives. So I, I just want to commend them to you. They are really extraordinary uh, men. I know a lot of men around the country, and I'm thankful I get to know all of them and serve with them in this movement. But these guys are very special to me, and I thank God for them. So keep them in your prayers. Um, yeah, give them a hand. They're, 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 they are men, I want you to know this, they're men genuinely worthy of your respect. Yet men that you can genuinely trust. And they're humble, and they're approachable, and they love you. Uh, uh, second thing I want to let you know is I may, I may be a little different mark than you're used to tonight. The last two weeks have been extraordinarily difficult for me. Extraordinarily. And uh, uh, a situation I'm in, and, um, and it's not done yet. But I really wanted to be here with you tonight, and it brought me a lot of joy just to sit back there tonight and hear you worship. So I would really covet your prayers uh, over this next week, two weeks, three weeks. I don't know when this will end. I just need your prayers. So maybe we could bow our heads together and ask the Lord just to speak to us tonight. Father, I just thank you tonight, I really do, that as Jeremy shared earlier, we have a God who chases us down who won't let us go. A God who loves us through all the ups and the downs of life. I just bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And I thank you, Lord, for each person here tonight. Each one is significant and special to you. Every single one is equally loved by you. You gave your son for every single man, woman, and child here tonight. And I thank you for it. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that, that you are both the lion and the lamb and that you fight for us in ways we don't grasp or understand. And I praise you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you promise to never leave us or forsake us. <clears throat> and I ask you, Lord, tonight as we discuss this topic, a life that honors God, that you would help us, Lord, to grasp that there really is really only one kind of life worth living. And that's a life that honors God. A life that's lived in obedience to the word of God. So speak through me tonight, Lord. I'm as weak as I've ever been. And uh, 
but you say your power is perfected in weakness. So tonight speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, <clears throat> some of you I know came in the auditorium tonight. I know it might be your first time tonight or your third or your second. And so I want to welcome you. I'm not usually quite like this. So just bear with me. Um, but I also wanted you to know the message I have to share tonight uh, uh, is for someone who maybe has known the Lord, knows the Lord. Maybe you're still investigating Christ, and so I, I want you to step back and feel free to listen, but please don't take this personal. This is something I want to share uh, with those of us who have come to know Jesus and are at a point in our life we really want to live a life that honors God. If there is a God, and there is, we believe there is, we see through creation there is, we see through the life and death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we see the living testimony of millions of people down through the ages and even today that God is real and God exists. Every man, woman, and child that has ever lived someday will have to stand before God and give an account for their life. I will. Every person will. Now, for those who do not know Christ, they won't give so much an account as they will simply be judged for never having come to know Christ or put their faith in Christ. For those of us who know the Lord, <clears throat> we'll have a time where God reviews with us and rewards us for that which we did for him. I love the song that we often sing, for your glory, only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. And so we want to step back with a soberness and recognize, wow, my life either matters for God or it doesn't. I either live my life and the choices that I make to honor God, which means, by the way, <clears throat> to live my life in obedience to the word of God in each area that God speaks to us about. So for me as a husband, what does God have to say to me as a husband? What does God have to say to me as a father? What does God have to say to me as a Christian? What does God have to say to me about my body? What does God have to say to me about my morality? What does God have to say to me about my beliefs? What does God have to say to me about my possessions? And that's what I want to speak with you about tonight. I'd like to share with you several passages that have had a profound impact on my life. This is entitled, Honoring God with My Money. And in Proverbs chapter 3, I'm reading from my little Berkeley New Testament. We find this passage. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your money, your income. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. You know, when we think about God, we think about that God has given us everything that we have. Everything. The eyes that I see with, the mouth that I speak with, the nose that I breathe with, the ears that I hear with, the body that I inhabit, the heart in my chest, the lungs that breathe, all of these Fingers and arms and the nerve endings and the brain that runs it, all of it was given to us by God. 
The Bible says, in fact, that God gave us everything freely we received and freely we should share. <clears throat> in one sense, truly, nothing I have is just really mine, but it was entrusted to me by God. It was a gift, and the same is true for you. Our homes, our, our livelihoods, all of the natural resources in the ground, all of them. The plant life, the sun that causes photosynthesis, the nitrogen in the air, everything. The oil that's in the ground, God put it there. And then he gave man the ingenuity and the strength to pull it out and to refine it and to make use of it. It's all been given to us by God. Well, God tells us, honor me, honor me with the first fruits of what I give to you. Honor me with your income. <clears throat> I was a young Christian when I <clears throat> first heard this next passage I'm going to read to you. <clears throat> I was a young father, young husband, and I, I remember looking back, I, 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 I keep track of some of these things just to look back on my life at, at key moments in my life, defining moments in my life. And this is a really significant, defining moment in my life. Uh, Kathy and I, we were, we were just barely making it. Barely making it. I've told you this before, though, but the first year we were married, I expected, and we were having our first child. Three weeks after we married, Kathy conceived. Our first child was Caesarean. I had no insurance. I grossed $3,070 that year. The next year was 4,000. And the third year was about five. And we were expecting our second child, Jeremy. And, uh, and then we went through a jobless period. And then I began to work 75-hour weeks and make my first time ever $12,000 in a year. Gross. And I went to church one morning, Kathy and I went to church. We, we, we were serving the Lord the best we could with a heart to just, Lord, we want to live a life to honor you. And the pastor that morning opened the Bible to this passage. And to be honest, I, I'd really never read it before. I don't often read the book of Malachi. I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already completely destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my laws and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? The Lord asks, should people cheat God, yet you have cheated me? But you ask, what do you mean, Lord? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse. Your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tenth of your income into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you will not have enough room to take it in. Test me, try me, and let me prove this to you. Your crops will be abundant, and I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed. And I was sitting in that auditorium, much like you are today, tonight, and, 
And um, I was sort of riveted because I thought, Lord, really, with all my heart, Kathy and I, we want to honor you. And, and we've been trying in this area, and I'm trying as a husband, and I know she's trying as a wife, and we're trying as how we raise our children, and we're trying to follow scriptural guidelines. We're trying to honor and obey your word. But, but to be honest, Lord, and I'm thinking this as the pastor's sharing, I'm, I'm just, I'm poor. I'm poor, Lord. I don't exactly know why I've been seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. That was my verse, but but boy, Lord, I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked for a job in my field as a machinist, and there were none. I don't know if you know what happened during the Carter years. I won't get into it. They were really, really, really bad. You go to buy a house, you might be paying 12 to 15% interest on a house. Car loans were, uh, they were more, I, I mean, I had no credit. I, had, I, I was just, we were, I was broke. And I, we're living in this little trailer I was paying $73 a month lot rent for. And I had just bought a friend's 1978 Chevy Malibu Classic with 150,000 miles on it. He gave me a deal and sold it to me for $600. He was going to let me pay him $50 a month. And... Um, <clears throat> And I was working 75-hour weeks. And part of why I was doing that was to pay off the first child because I had no insurance. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there, and, and the pastor just reviewed the text. And, and I remember just these words hitting me, Mark. You know, the Lord was just speaking to my heart, Mark, you're cheating me. Well, Lord, what do you mean? I'm, I, I don't want to cheat you, Lord. Mark, you're cheating me. You don't realize you're cheating me. I know you're not doing it, Mark, because it, it's deliberate. I, I, I realize you don't understand this, Mark, but, but here's what I want you to understand, Mark. So I was all ears. Mark, for every dollar I give you, I want a dime. For every dollar I give you, Mark, I want a dime. So if, you know, on a given, a given day, you make $100, the Lord, 10 of that's yours, Lord. 10 of that's yours. And when I add up all those days together, I get to the end of the month, then it's your 10%, Lord, your 10%. And so I remember driving home, and I, and I was thinking about this promise. I thought, Lord, maybe this is partly why there's a cause and effect. This is one of those promises that's one of those uh, aspects of obedience that's cause and effect. Mark, I'm asking you to do this, and if you do this, I will do this. Really, if you think it's about salvation, salvation has a conditional promise. If you believe, you receive. If you believe, then I will give you eternal life. If you believe the gospel, if you let go of your pride, and I let go of my, I'm going to work my own way to heaven, I'm going to trust in my good works, God says, no, you can't do that, because you're not good enough. You're unrighteous, you need me, you need my salvation, you're a sinner, Mark, Oh, as I came to Christ, bam, I was born again. He came inside me, began to change my life. Well, this is another one of those things. Mark, you do this, and I'll do this. And I was really struck by this concept. <clears throat> Mark, test me, okay? Try me, Mark. So church ended, and we were visiting with people, and then we got in the car, and I remember, um, this is my recollection, my wife have a, my, might have a slightly different one. I tend to have a, a very good memory. <clears throat> but I remember um, Kathy saying to me, well, Mark, what did you think of the message today? 
And I said something to her, um, well, what did you think? She said, well, I, I was really struck by it, Mark. She said, I, I really think we need to obey that. And I said, well, Kathy, you know, I do too. But, but let me explain what that means. Okay, so um, if I make $1,000 a month, and I'm working 75-hour weeks, and part of why I'm doing that is so we can pay just a little bit extra in our debt, I can stop paying a little bit extra in our debt, we can give the Lord our $100 every month, but it will mean that I will continue to have to work these kind of hours in the evening for approximately another two years. And I'll never forget this. These may not be the exact words she said, but, it, but she looked at me and she said, Mark, I would rather have an obedient husband who has to be gone longer at night than a man who didn't fear the Lord and paid off her debts and was home with me every evening. And I thought to myself, wow, well, that's why I married that girl. That's why I married that girl. And it was a big step of faith for me and Kathy. It was, uh... But I remember the joy that filled my heart when uh, I got my next check and I just wrote it out. I just wrote it out. To my church, I just gave it to God as an offering and a tithe. The very first one I wrote, I decided every check in those days, you know, you didn't have click and pay. Like, that's what I call it. You know, you go to your little bank and click and pay. I, um, you had to write out a check and put a stamp on, on an envelope and mail them out. And I just determined, Lord, the first, the first, the first one I'm going to write out each time is to you. Now, I say this in all humility. That was 36 and a half years ago. I have not missed in 36 and a half years. And I've been through some scary times. But I want to tell you something. God has just been so incredibly faithful to me and Kathy. And not only that, but I have to tell you, I think God was watching my own heart as I then stepped into ministry, because for the last 31 years, I've been a pastor. And I think God was trying to see how I would deal with the money. And um, when, I, when I moved up here, so you, you may not know this. That's okay. You wouldn't know this. So I, I, I founded Evergreen with Brent Knox. I founded the Urban Refuge here on Sunday mornings with Andy Gray. I founded The Rock. I helped found our other two Evergreens in New Hope and Lakeville. So, so I, I worked with all of them. When I moved here, I drove up in a, in a van. Kathy was in our two-door Chevy Malibu Classic because I got in a bad accident with the other one and totaled it. So now we had a two-door. I had $600 in my pocket. We sold our metal box trailer for $600. That's all we could get for it. And I moved up here to help start churches. And Brent and I joined forces, and we, and we began to pray. And I kept the records. In those days, no one kept the records. I wrote this stuff down. I have a notebook at home, all handwritten. And I remember looking after the first year I was here, our average tithe a week was $2,300. Just a few, about a year ago, we crossed the $100 million mark of what God has done and contributions invested into the gospel in the last 30 years. And I look back on that, and I can guarantee you, it wasn't to line my pockets. 
It has been to build the kingdom of God, to build churches that reach out to others, to put on pastors who can care for other people. And it's been done by the faithfulness of men and women like you who said, I want to honor God with my money. But I could tell you story after story, personal story, of the things God has done for Kathy and I as we raised our four children. I didn't buy my first house till I was 43. I'm not saying that's more spiritual than someone who does it at 20. It's just how it worked out for me. But I was determined, Lord, that, that I'm, I'm never going to... You know, some people, i got to be honest, some people drive the car with payments they ought to be tithing. See, that's a little scary to think about sometimes. That I'm actually, you know what, God? I'm driving your money around because I care more about me than I do you. And I don't think a lot of Christians take the time to step back and realize God is real. He's divine. He's a person. And he asks us to honor him. Everything we have, he gave to us. And he's made a promise to you. But here's the other side of the promise. You don't honor me. You don't honor me. It's going to go hard for you. It's just going to go hard for you. And that's what the text tells us. And I saw that in my own life. Well, so it, was, it was so ironic. So I decided, Lord, in faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey this. And I, I wrote that first check. We were living in the trailer. And about two weeks after, this doesn't always happen, by the way. Sometimes it happens seven months later or sometimes a year later. But I've, I could tell you, her, her heard story after story after story through the years. Something similar to this. So this guy who sold me the car, he was a dear friend. And uh, so I heard the message on a Sunday. I, as soon as my check came, I wrote out my tithe, uh, my tenth to God, which I've done all this time, even during all the years my daughter Jessica was sick, and it was costing us. At times I was writing $8,000 checks a month. I don't know exactly how. God just started, uh, stuff started coming in the mail. I just wrote out that check. Every month I said, God, um, I'm, I'm walking here out on this, on this water. See, all of us are going to have to walk on water once in a while. And I'm, and I'm going to give you, Lord, what's yours. And trust that somehow you're going to take care of us. So two weeks after my first one, I get this call, and it's from my friend Bob. I said, Bob, is there a problem? You're wondering how the car is working? He goes, no, not exactly, Mark. He said, I wanted to tell you something. He said, I don't know why, but the other night I woke up in the middle of the night. It doesn't usually happen to me. This is a straight-laced, farmer, uh, Bible-believing, Christian young man. <laughs> he said, but God just told me to call you on the phone and tell you not to give me any more money for the car. And I, I about started to weep. I said, What? You know, I still owe you 550 bucks. He goes, yeah, I know. But that's what God told me, Mark. That's what God put on my heart. And I believe he's going to reward me for it. And, uh, and I love you. And uh, so don't write me any more checks. And boom, so just like that, I mean, I, okay, Lord, I gave you that 100. You just gave me 550. And I look back over raising the kids, moving up here to the city. It's not an inexpensive place to live, by the way. The housing, we have one of the highest rates of taxes in the United States. I just looked this all up the other day. Our housing prices are 
about 17 to 20% higher than North Dakota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. It's, it's, uh, this is not an inexpensive place to live. But wow, God just came through. And then when it came time for college, God came through and it was all paid because we found out about PSEO. I'm not saying anybody has to do it, but, but I said, hey, you're going to pay for that? We're going. <laughs> Skip high school. Let's go to college. <laughs> Jesus told us, did he not, that where a treasure is, there our heart will be also. How we deal with money says so much about our heart, our values, and our real beliefs. For many people in this world, money is their God. They love it, they always want more of it, and they use it for themselves. I'd like to put life a little bit, if I could, in perspective. uh, And I want you to know I realize that some of you are going through very difficult circumstances. I understand that. I have... I have been there. I'd be glad to tell you all my stories. I do understand. You're going to have to get before the Lord and and talk to him about this. But just listen to a few things here. Some of them you've heard before, but I want to refresh your memory. 70% of the world's population. Okay, so that's 7 out of 10. That's 7 out of 10 people in the world. Human beings live on less than 10 dollars a day I check these facts by the way I'm not making these up 50% of the world that's 5 out of every 10 human beings live on less than $2.50 a day the average American and we fit you can do this figure it yourself it's not hard to figure out lives on between 120 and $200 a day and by the way we're not talking about Bill Gates we're talking about us between $120 and $200 a day. $200 a day is a $73,000 a year salary. You can figure out where, where you fit into that. And so we step back and we go, wow, Lord. The average monthly payment. I, got, I looked this up. Not making it up. I know it'll be hard to believe. In 2017, the average monthly payment was $479. And so what ends up happening, brothers and sisters, is a lot of us are without, often it's just our ignorance. We just haven't thought about it, is we end up cheating God while I'm driving around God's money in a car, a particular car, or a particular appliance that I might get, or I might upgrade my life without stepping back first and going, wait a minute, Lord, wait a minute. In all things first, I want to honor you. I'm going to honor you with my money, and then I'm going to make decisions after that. Do we really grasp sometimes how blessed we really are? I think I shared this with you before, and again, I only say it, I don't mean to belittle this nation that I'm going to tell you about. I mean it as an illustration of how incredibly fortunate we are. The two most populated places in the world are China and India. One billion people in India. That is approximately three times as many people in a smaller landmass than the United States population. Over 50% of the people in India have no toilet. They go outside. Wow. 
you know, we, I don't know whether these days are really cold. My mother I was talking to over Thanksgiving. I'll end here really soon. And I was discussing with her what life was like when she was little. And I said, Mom, you know, you probably went to the bathroom outside, didn't you? She said, you sure did. I said, like a day like today, sure did. It's cold. Yep, we didn't stay there too long. <laughs> Can you imagine getting up in the middle of the night, you know, and you need to go to the restroom, and you don't have a bedpan, and you're going outside, and it was 25 below a few weeks ago. God has blessed us. I like what Warren Buffett said. I was reading an article by him the other day. He said, listen, listen, we have amenities today. The average middle-class American has amenities that royalty did not have in the 1800s. Royalty. We have amenities that they did not even have. So let's step back. I just want to encourage you this week. Step back, would you? Step back, take some time, reflect on this passage, get before the Lord, and just say, Lord, listen, I want to honor you with my life, and I want to honor you with my money in a very practical way. And, and maybe for you, you're like, well, Mark, I can't get there next week. So get half there. Get half there. And then in two months, take a new look at it, and then get all the way there. Or in three months, get all the way there. You'll be amazed over time what you see God do. Thank you so much for your grace to me tonight. I appreciate the grace that you showed me. And I appreciate your prayers. Maybe we can bow our heads and pray. Father, I just thank you tonight for the word of God, the promises of God. And um, all of us, Lord, I didn't know this stuff when I was a new Christian. I didn't understand now I was just trying to make ends meet. And frankly, I was still trying to make ends meet when you opened my eyes to this passage of Scripture and you said to me, Mark, Mark, come on. Honor me. Try me, Mark. Watch. Watch what I'll do. And I want you to know, Lord, I know better than any person in here. You're the one who is faithful. You're the one who worked it out. You're the one, Lord, who showed me the value of it. And, and I'm so grateful, Lord. The single greatest investment money decision I ever made was to honor you first with a tenth of all that you gave me. And I'm very grateful, Lord, for the guidance of your word. Lead us, Lord. Bless these men and women. They're very dear to my heart. In Jesus' name, amen.